I have my strong coffee. I hope that you have yours or something like it anyway. (laughs) One of the weirdest and best stories in the Bible is Genesis 32, or found in Genesis 32, I should say. It's a story about the great patriarch Jacob. Jacob, who is going to have 12 sons, and these 12 sons are, are going to become the 12 tribes of Israel. This guy is a big deal. But what makes it so interesting is that this guy, who's such a big deal, spends most of the book being a tremendously selfish jerk. <laughs> I know that I know that we're supposed to only lie about the past, but if we're real about the text, he basically tricks his big dumb brother out of a million dollars and leadership of the tribe, then steals his brother's blessing, steals like everything that his brother values. And of course, his brother, who is at least also big, <laughs> is enraged and seeks to kill him, and Jacob is forced to flee for his life. This sets Jacob up, essentially then, for a journey of self-discovery. Along the way, he has these encounters with the divine. His mind is open to larger things than himself. He, he runs into love. <laughs> he, he's wounded. He's betrayed. And he's forced to flee again. Only now, the journey is coming full circle. As Jacob, now fleeing from his father-in-law, is forced to head home. But what's at home? Esau, his brother, who the last time they met swore deadly vengeance. And when I said he was big, I mean, Jacob is a lover, a little less of a fighter. And at this point, we know in the story, Esau has fighting men. And Jacob has basically amassed a lot of family and a lot of flocks, so a lot of wealth. So he is facing a brother whom he has to find a way to make peace with. And clever, clever Jacob, always relying on his cleverness, always relying on his mind and being one step ahead, sends massive gifts of flocks, hoping, uh, hoping, hoping that it will soften his brother's heart towards him. And this sets the story up. <clears throat> I've done all this just to set the story up so that Jacob is now going to spend the night alone near the ford of the river Jabbok. So if you set in your minds, I'm actually going to read the whole text, but if you set in your minds darkness all around you, just a campfire kind of in front of you, the stars, the silence that's only broken by your own imagination and the noises of the shadowed world. So Jacob was left alone and a man wrestled with him till daybreak. When the man saw that he could not overpower him, he touched the socket of Jacob's hip so that his hip was wrenched as he wrestled with the man. Then the man said, Let me go, for it is dawn. But Jacob replied, I will not let you go unless you bless me. The man asked him, What is your name? Jacob, he answered. Then the man said, Your name will no longer be Jacob, but Israel, because you have struggled with God and with man and have overcome. Jacob said, Please tell me your name. But he replied, Why do you ask my name? Then he blessed him there. Jacob called the place Penel, saying, It is because I saw God face to face, and yet my life was spared. So that's a weird story for all kinds of reasons. (laughs) 
But to highlight its importance, notice that this marks the beginning where Jacob becomes Israel, the name that the Jewish state and the people like to this day still go by this name. So this, this story matters. And, and the rabbis, the Jewish rabbis, saw in this story a paradigmatic story for Israel's life, sometimes even up to the modern period. You don't have to go very far into the Bible. If you start reading it, you're going to find God telling his people to do something and his people saying, no. (laughs) Shoot, half the time we see God trying to comfort and love his people and his people say no to that too. So this story of the patriarch who is about to kind of give birth, as it were, to all of the sons which are are going to make up the entire nation. This this patriarch wrestling with something more than man, something divine enough that he calls it the face of God. The Bible then is is very much, especially in the Old Testament, a story of, of man wrestling with God. What makes it even more interesting is that whatever this divine being was couldn't overcome Jacob. That sounds absolutely ridiculous to me, but if I if I just leave this story as it is, like if you didn't, if I didn't, you know, take any kind of outside theological belief about God being greater than man, if I just read this story, what does it say? It says that they wrestled, God and man wrestled to a stalemate. Now I, I don't know about you, but I I I feel like that sometimes. So I, I, I know that in reality, God could crush me. <laughs> this sort of seems like an obvious truth, but, but in, in my heart, in my mind, in my emotions, in my spirit, whatever word you want to use to kind of describe your inner life, I feel like God and I are doing rounds and that sometimes neither one of us can win. It's just this wrestling match, but then something happens. And I hope you sensed its power. Jacob is broken. Through this wrestling match, his hip is set out of joint. He is wounded. And yet, even there, he still fights God. Like the wounding that he's been given by God to get the fight to stop, it would seem, doesn't stop. And doesn't that sound so familiar? It it almost makes me ask the question, like, who started the fight? Because every time it seems like the, the, the divine figure, God in the story, is trying to to let go. He, he seems to be trying to get, let me go, he says. We've been wrestling all night. Like, let me go. But, but Jacob says, no, you'll black. Like, this seems to be driven by Jacob. And even as God tries to get it to stop through the wounding, Jacob won't let it stop. I, I resonate with that. <laughs> but as, as dawn rises, Jacob asks for a blessing. We don't know exactly what the blessing is, but what we do know about the blessing is that it says in the fight between man and God, Jacob will overcome. Now, that's interesting here because, because I think normally we would think to ourselves, well, well, God, you know, obviously if you wrestled, if I wrestled with God, I'm not going to win. <laughs> So what's, you know, we're not, we shouldn't puff our chests out and say, oh yeah, that's right. We're over. No, that's not what's happening here. How did, how did Jacob interpret this experience? He says, I met God and God didn't kill me. Huzzah. <laughs> right? Like this is not prideful. Jacob wrestled with God and overcame. He won the battle. No, 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 no. When dawn breaks, Jacob is alone and he is in pain. 
largely, it seems, brought upon him by his own doing. But in the story, dawn breaks, and we have Jacob alone and broken. And it's so interesting that this breaking has to happen to kind of lead the story, to move it on. But what we meet from this moment on is a new Jacob, excuse me, a new Israel, who is now, instead of tricking his brother, humbling himself before his brother. That's the very next story. In his brokenness, he is able to create a new relationship with his brother. He makes peace. And this seems to be largely the second journey of Jacob's life. From this moment on, he is a man of humility and peace. We, we see him go through a moment of such intense pain. And, and what, he, what he does next, instead of vengeance, instead of using his mind, instead of tricking people, what he does is seek peace. Seek to, to find a way to mend brokenness. From this moment on, Israel is a man of humility and reconciliation. But my friends, I lament to say that what resonates in me with this story is that every new revelation of my life, every new step of love seems to be mirrored by a new breaking. My friends, the breaking is painful, but the healing is so exquisite, like an arm that must be broken and reset so that it might be whole and in its wholeness heal others. The problem is that we all bear so much pain, so much from the past that has crippled us in our present. And like Jacob, we can get very far thinking we are whole and in charge, that the world is our oyster to be conquered and overcome. We might even like him garner flocks and followers and family. But if we wish to grow beyond petty chieftain, over petty domains, we must seek to be rebroken and regrown. And this can lead us to some very important self-reflective questions. What have you done with your pain? What, what are you doing with your pain? When we don't do anything with our pain, we inevitably end up spilling it on everyone, like a kid without a lid on a cup. And Jacob is toxic for most of his life. But here, when he's finally faced with his own weakness, when he finally is faced in the darkness with his own brokenness, he is suddenly free in that brokenness to be more whole than he has ever been before, to be a gift instead of a burden. Which leads me to another question. When were you broken last and what did you do with it? Because we're being broken all the time. Living in a broken world, this is inevitable. But it is when we are awakened to the fact that we need not carry those burdens our whole lives. It is then that we are given permission. The permission that God has always been offering us to set it down. But in order to do that, we must face the hardest thing we have to face. We must face ourselves. I find this to be maybe my explanation for why, why Jacob wrestles, as the text calls him, a man. And yet, at the end, Jacob calls the face of God. Much of Jacob's wrestling is Jacob wrestling with himself. 
What's led him to this point is his own pride, his own insecurity, his own false confidence in vanity. And it is that which has to be broken in order for him to step into the next journey and phase of his life. Beloved, we must have the courage to wrestle then with ourselves, to question our own thoughts and actions and, and motivations, and, and to face that darkness within ourselves so that it can be brought to the light. Why? Why do so much digging into God and into ourselves? Well, because there's a second journey for you too. <laughs> That's one of the funny things about the Bible is it it's a story that happened, but it's a story that's also happening. Do you think Jacob wanted to go back to before his breaking? Heavens no. I'm sure he never wants to wrestle with God again. But do you think he wants to bear again the vanity and pride? No, of course not. Listen to me. If there's anything that this story could teach us, it might be this. The most important person that you can change is yourself. And that it's through brokenness that God plans to change the world through your brokenness and my brokenness. And what a strange way to save us all. But God, like the world he made, is strangely other. So, brothers and sisters, even in your times of pain, fear not. Dawn is on its way. And our second journey, if we have the courage to face it, is only beginning. Peace and strong coffee.